Hi, thanks so much for tuning in. You're listening to Second Showing with Jordan and Connor. I'm on the East Coast and she's on the West and we are meeting up to chat. Yeah, about I guess that you should have like an intro that's like standard. the one, the la la la, the podcast where you, but it's just like, we don't have to do it that way. So the recording that you just heard is actually more than a year old, um, a year and some change, actually. We started this journey in the middle of the pandemic in the heart of winter. One of the winters. <laughs> it's like we were trapped in Narnia for like years. Don't think about it too hard. It was a dark time. That's all you need to know. Um, Jordan and I were inside of our homes, just like everybody was at that time. I work in television marketing in Los Angeles. Jordan is a writer in New York, and we hadn't seen each other in months. We actually have lived on opposite coasts like since we graduated from college. So we're definitely not strangers to distance or to having to keep in touch via technology, via phone calls and FaceTimes. Definitely one of the things that kept us going during the pandemic and has kept us close our entire adult lives is just chatting about what we love to watch on TV. And one thing about us is we be binging. <laughs> Uh, we grew up like major television super fans, you know, film, TV. And how hard is that? Like we're kids of the 90s. So a lot of what we grew up on was late 90s, uh, you know, early 2000s media is such a bonding thing for us and ha- always has been. And I think as we like moved through the pandemic, maybe you guys will remember, but you started to kind of run out of material to watch. Everyone's at home all day long. We're feeling nostalgic. We're missing each other. We're talking about, um, you know, revisiting some of these things we haven't watched in a long time. And just the most obvious place to us to start was the Olsen twin movies, the dual star catalog. We actually grew up huge Olsen twins fans. Like we watched everything. Like when a new movie hit the blockbuster, like it was the only thing going on with us. And just being stuck in our apartments that sort of like comfort was really missed and needed we had so much fun rediscovering things about these titles and and loved rewatching them so much that we decided to record some of our conversations um in the hopes that maybe someone else would enjoy revisiting them and and dissecting them as well and so that is what these recordings are um some things to know about the way this is going to go is just A, we aren't professionals and we're not perfectionists. So like if that doesn't sound like your speed, that's totally fine. Another thing that we want to just quickly mention before we get into it is this first recording um, is of a movie that stars an actor that has recently passed, Kirstie Alley. So we just want to go ahead and give her a shout out and pay our due respects. You're going to hear how much we enjoyed watching her in this movie. um, And hopefully that does her performance justice. Okay, so between the years 1994 and 2004, Mary-Kate Nashley's production company Dual Star released 11 feature films, bookended by their two theatrical releases, It Takes Two and New York Minute. Those are going to be the feature films we dissect. Those are the films you want to hear about. Those are the ones you know and remember. You might be wondering right now, uh, what about To Grandmother's House We Go? What about Double Double Toil and Trouble? You know what? You're probably not asking that right now because we really didn't want to rewatch those movies. And honestly, you probably don't want to hear about them. Maybe if some later date, 
a holiday comes along and we feel like doing a special episode, we'll do that to you. We don't know. But really what we wanted to get to is the the core movies that, that made us who we are. The ones that really touched us in our coming of age. And we have to stand by that that is the classic preteen saga, you know, the Billboard Dad era, some might call it. Passport to Paris. That's what we're here for. That's what you're here for. So we're starting with 1995, It Takes Two. The format of this podcast is basically going to be by the seat of our pants. We're going to start every episode by reading the IMDb summary. We're going to do a little research, see who stars and what, see if there's some fun facts. Um, And we're basically going to discuss what we remember about it before we rewatch. What are the things that stick out? What do we think the movie's about? And then we'll discover how right or wrong we are after our rewatch in our second segment where we unpack it with our 2021 goggles, with our adult brains, our adult perspectives, uh, and we review the movie. At the end of every rewatch, we will rate the film on two counts. One is the surrealness of the film. Uh, uh, we also like to call this behind the scenes the the level of batshittery. Uh, the extent to which the movie is just fully insane. The plot holes, the ridiculous dialogue... It'll get a one rating on that. And then secondly, we will rate the movie on watchability, which is just an objective review from a quality standpoint uh, of the film. Do I expect these movies to get a lot of high marks? You know, who's to say? That depends on who you are. I think I remember a couple of these really being almost nearly watchable. Uh for the average viewer. But regardless, if you're a American National movie fan, every one of these movies is getting, is worth watching and worth having a conversation about how they made us who we are today as siblings and as people. Jordan? <laughs> yeah, I'm psyched. I'm excited to get back to bucket hats and fun colored glasses and beads in our hair. It's just a simpler time and I'm ready to dive in. Okay. Okay, are we ready? Here is the IMDb storyline for 1995's It Takes Two, starring the Olsen twins, Christy Alley, and Steve Gutenberg. Alyssa, parentheses, a rich girl, and Amanda, parentheses, an orphan, are two little girls who are identical but complete strangers that accidentally meet one day. All right. (laughs) You know how that goes. Together, they form a plan to try getting Alyssa's father to prevent making the biggest mistake of his life, marrying an awful woman. That's it. There you have it. As written by IMDb, someone named Aaron Sulzer for IMDb chalked it up for you right there. Okay, here's what we remember. I, I, almost nothing. I do remember they're at, like, summer camp or something. I remember there's a lot of, like, trying to get their parents together in, like, the cafeteria near the canoes. I feel like I didn't remember that one of them was really rich. 
or that they don't already know each other. But I do have this memory of like they're running through the woods. They're running away through the woods. They're running towards each other through the woods or something. Or there's like a woods surrounding the camp, summer camp or something. Are you picking up any of this? Is this ringing bells? I got to be totally honest with you. Before you read that synopsis, I had exactly two associations with this movie. And one was one of them wears a backwards blue baseball cap at some point. And the second one was... Totally. I'm sure Kirstie Alley wears a wedding dress at some point, but that may be the Look Who's Talking series. Once totally. You that up, I honestly totally discredited that. So other than that, I absolutely remember nothing about <laughs> this movie. <laughs> like it's all gonna it's gonna be fresh eyes for me, to be honest. <laughs> okay, okay. You may be remembering the cover of this movie has Kirstie Alley in a very sort of runaway bride esque. Uh, Although, oh my god, is it the mean, it's like the mean 90s lady, the blonde lady, now that I'm looking at the cover. You know, I don't think it was the stepmom from Parent Trap, but it's like the same energy. You will, will, you'll totally know who I'm talking about when we get into this movie. Okay, you know who it is. (laughs) I totally cheated and looked it up. The mean stepmom, who I think she just played this character across a lot of 90s things, I could be wrong, is... Ross's lesbian ex, Carol. Oh, my Carol. gosh. From Friends. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, totally. But Christy Alley actually isn't in the wedding dress on the cover. It's that woman, now that I'm looking at it. There are, in fact, can't confirm, there are three adults on the cover of this movie. So we've got a bit of a love triangle thing, it would appear. And the backwards baseball cape, I think I will validate your memory of this by saying that is probably the most famous thing from this movie is like just the iconic like that was so it's it's still a look it's it's a look to this day literally should we take bets right now on uh so here's what we know to be true about the olsons there are only two types of girls you know we all we all know that uh there's the serious straight-laced homework doing uh pris kind of for lack of a better word and then there's the very cool Beast to Our Own Drums, Free Spirit, Tomboy, you know, uh, low maintenance girl. Obviously, these are the only two kinds. Generally speaking, we can count it, you know, looking at their, their, their work, we can count on Mary Kate to basically take up the mantle of the Tomboy and Ashley to take up the mantle of the Pris. Yeah, I I mean, you did read me the description at the beginning, which I'm sure set up some context clues, but I've already forgotten what they were. So I'm just going to take a stab in the dark, which is that Amanda seems like a more tomboy name and Alyssa seems more like a prissy name. So I'm thinking Ashley, Alyssa, Mary-Kate, Amanda. Uh, We can pretty much count on. I don't know. We we can't speak to their real personalities since they are deeply mysterious cloaked figures. There's some mysteries that you're not supposed to unravel. Like some things are too magical and they're meant to be. I completely agree. I totally agree. But it is true consistently that they have Mary-Kate play a version of a female archetype and actually play the other one sometimes they swap them up we're going to keep an eye on it mm-hmm. i'm thinking with this one a precedent setting film i'm thinking for sure you're right mary kate has got to be the overalls back baseball cap wearing it's got to be mm-hmm. um all right so i with that i mean there's very little left to do except hop in watch it yeah, let's watch it
Okay, we're back, and we watched It Takes Two, and uh, I gotta say, <laughs> I loved every second of it, truly. It Honestly, was so it was good. so good. I, I, and it, like, came right back to me, I feel like. There were moments when, like, when she hits the ball and she's like, um, I gotta go to Staten Island, and I was like, a lightning bolt through my brain. I've seen this movie Oh, my before. God. <laughs> From the jump, it was like a hidden, it was truly a hidden memory. Like every scene would like dislodged a like, oh my God, I, I, was I like, know. Oh. Like it's this scene. It's this part. It's crazy. I would have said I've seen this once before, twice before, a long time yeah. ago. And it's just like, as I watch it, that is clearly not the case. I've seen this many times. It just came like right back to me. Many times. Like a song you for, you don't know how you know all the words. Did I even remember how I knew Kirstie Alley before I saw this movie? I was watching it and I was like, mom, my best friend, my like favorite actress, Kirstie Alley. She, have I ever seen her in anything else? I don't oh think so. God. But she's such. But this is why I love her. Such good 90s energy. Like the hair. just at the top, we have to the fluffy hair. The like also <laughs> the like just like baggy regular like woman style of her was, mm-hmm. like, so mm-hmm. 90s and excellent. And it's, like, obviously she's, like, set up in juxtaposition to Clarice or, you know, his, like, shitty Carol from Friends fiancé <laughs> uh, as, like, cool. And there's a lot of that. Like, the dichotomy of, like, cool and with it. And, like, maternal. Yeah, and, like, <laughs> um, prissy and rich is, like, the whole mo- film. You know what I mean? But, like... She, she's a Scientologist, yeah? Like, that just bums me out, truly. Because, like, look. Is Kirstie Alley I'm pretty sure, like, famously with John Travolta. But, like, just looking really? into her eyes. Yeah, girl, they got that fucking look I'm, who's I talking look connection. Right like, they, they roll deep. I'm pretty sure. Like, please, we are real-time fact-checking this. All I really remember about Kirstie Alley, besides loving her and this movie and just like cheers and just in general like being a fan is that she did like Weight Watchers for a while and she was like all over the like telecommercials. Yeah that shows your age. The like infomercials. That definitely tells exactly how old we are that we like know her from cable infomercials but I know exactly what you're talking about. (laughs) Okay. And she had a um, short-lived reality TV show about her life that I also watched. (laughs) Oh yeah I do remember that the fat actress thing that's the other thing is like she is not thin in this she looks like a person Mm -mm. but it's never there's one whatever we'll talk about it but like there's one line where she's like i'm gonna cheat and like grabs a s'more and like i thought to myself like that is the most 90s thing of this movie like cheat day or whatever like that's still like a part of her brand even like in her you know what i mean like chatting with the girls at work about like yeah like it doesn't come naturally <laughs> it just to me was so like good. I you know I like mm-hmm. you get it I'm one of you like I'm having yeah a I'm the fucking woman <laughs> of the people I'm Christy Alley like so okay so she is a Scientologist I just yeah, checked it she is thank a Scientologist. you for confirming that. oh that breaks my heart Kirstie. thank you for confirming that I know when you like look into her eyes Oof. you just want to have like blink if you need help Kirsty we are here Seriously, for you I just want to like comb your hair on the top bunk and like tell you remind me of my dead mother please. Um, so, okay, right from the jump, the, I'm thinking, and I don't know, this is the first we've done this, but we are going to be grading on this curve all the rest of the movies. I think because, so, too. I think so, right too. in the intro, like, the whole soundtrack rips. 
The whole soundtrack rips. The introduction oh, yeah. of each of the girls, like, kicking ass in their respective fields at seven or eight mm-hmm. is, like, I mean, I have to give it, you know, we can make this a recurring segment if absolutely necessary. I have to give it to MK on this one, for sure. Throughout the whole movie, uh, Ashley struggles to pull off the sort of I'm prissy without it just sounding like lines were fed to her. But MK is so much personality in this, so funny, like, you know, making fun of the boys when she has to be taken to Staten Island. Just even the joke of going to Staten Island was such a more grown up, like, tone than I than any of this movie's. Like, it's a rom-com for grown-ups. Steve Gutenberg didn't do shit in this movie, let me just say. While we're talking about all that Christy Alley brought us, like, literally there is nothing to say about Steve Goot in this movie. I gotta say the jokes on Staten Island were feeding me the entire time, like no offense to Staten Island, but there's like a moment where Christy Alley has to rush to Staten Island and she was like, it's going to take me 90 minutes to even get there. And I was like, that is real. Staten Island is a different country. This is why (laughs) that is not the same city. This is why we have the East Coast, West Coast perspective on this podcast. It's totally necessary. I'm going to be where you are when we do Billboard Dad. I can already feel it. <laughs> I can't Talking wait. about It's like the pan up across the Verrazano Bridge, and it's like she's never fucking there getting is, to the church. There is a really good, like, New York energy in this movie. We're going to have to revisit That's this so for New York funny. Magnet. No, there is. <laughs> she's like, no, girl. My The L.A. Uh, commenter thinks there's a good New York. But, like, when they go around the, uh, the Liberty and they talk about that traffic, and how oh, the terrible yeah, traffic. and like the yeah, socialite and the gospel. I, like I was that. just like, this is like that '90s rom-com energy of like, oh no, we got an unprecedented backup on the freeway, and you're like, and the like Long Island house where like across the street we've like just our extra land we let orphans play on it. Honestly, the Long Island house was like truly the like Hamptons yeah. house was truly kind of New York energy. Um, I gotta say, I gotta give a shout out to both MK and A for both attempted accents in this movie. MK's like fake, like New York, yeah, like mobster's forgotten daughter accent. Exactly hilarious. And then Ashley, maybe you didn't notice, is doing like a light British accent or something. I'm like, she was raised by Steve (laughs) Goodman or something. I know. And then, like, as the movie goes on and they switch places, just both are completely dropped. Like, those are, that's not actually a read on their character. They just are really giving it to you in the beginning to set the scene, yeah. you know? We get no background for why Mary-Kate is orphaned, but there is early on some, a little, uh, they slide in some explanation that Christy Alley loves her and wants to adopt her, but that they, the state won't let her on her salary, and which bummed mm-hmm. me out so bad took it to like a real world place but also a very real place that she works with these children she works in this field and she doesn't make enough money caring for them to adopt one of them who she badly wants to and that mary kate's response to this immediately is well you could find yourself a husband how true mary kate these are the options these are the options for motherhood you know what i mean like you can't even afford to do it by yourself you won't you won't be allowed to do it for yourself unless you find yourself a man ultimately that is the goal that is set early on <laughs> she reaches for the stars kirstie alley is a real woman she's a real american woman and she's having the real american struggles <laughs> she cannot have the life she wants unless she finds herself a rich partner <laughs> even though in a basic way of being able to adopt yeah <laughs> it seems so realistic like that she was like, I'm going to do everything I can to find you the best family because I genuinely love you. I wish it was me. 
the systems, the patriarchy will not let me be that parent that you need. So that's pretty much the first act of the movie. We have Amanda, who is Mary-Kate, playing uh, baseball in the street with her fellow orphans. And we have Ashley winning piano contests at her boarding school, which I'm assuming is England based on her five-minute accent. And then we have Kirstie Alley being introduced to us as uh, MK's, or I guess Amanda's... um, caretaker she's like amanda we got to go to staten island they go to staten island they meet a potential adopting family horrifying terrifying they don't seem they don't seem like the kind of family that both mary kate and kirstie alley are looking for um no they immediately know they're bad people kirstie alley's like you know you're running out of options um and then when they return from staten island it's onto the bus they're going to camp um, Which, like, the sickest orphanage. This movie made being an orphan seem so fun. I want to mention also that, like, this is a a time gone by, a, like, a, a pastime of innocence where, like, the rich were harmless. You know what I mean? Like, it's just cute that she... Where you could, like, trust their philanthropy, at least a Yeah, little. and it was, like, it's cute that she's, like, in winning of trophies at her boarding school and stuff, and it's just, like, this is just a different avenue. She's in a different place in life. MK's equally looked after. She's at the she's also accomplished. summer camp. Yeah, yeah she's that, great know, at baseball. <laughs> she gets to go to summer camp. She's loved. Both girls are loved, and it's, like, the the flowery pretend universe that this story (laughs) takes place in where they each have something to envy about the other's lives is so 90s you know know. so idyllic truly so that brings me to what Alyssa or Ashley is doing in the first act of the movie which is basically coming home from boarding school her dad's not there we kind of get the vibe that Gutenberg's like maybe not the most present father in the world Um, She thinks maybe he's throwing her a surprise welcome home party. But then we meet Clarice and we find that that is not the case. (laughs) Before we meet Clarice, we meet Vincenzo. Vincenzo. (laughs) It's like heavy parent trap vibes. Quick with Vincenzo off the plane. They have a special friendship, a special bond. Like when when is Parent Trap from? Because somebody was stealing somebody's notes off. I know, off of yeah. Their paper. They are very similar. Um, the release date for this movie was 1995, and I want to say Parent Trap was after that. But I, I want to. I think it was. I think it was. I was amazed that the woman who plays Clarice is not the same woman uh, that is in the Parent Trap. I mean. Clarice is fabulous, but awful. I mean, you know you hate her right away because she's pretty in, like, a severe, pointy way. You know what I mean? Like, you are going to, like, cut yourself on that nose. Bird-like, exactly. She she is immediately horrible. You know you hate her because she's, like, rude to the help, which is, like... Even in the 90s, it wasn't cute. You know? That you know she's not... Never cute. Never cute. Vincenzo, who we immediately love because he's introduced as basically he's the definitely was like Alyssa. in the mob at some point. That brings me back around. There's like high like Italiano New Yorker Italiano energy for like no real reason. <laughs> Agreed completely. I was like, how did Vincenzo get into butlering? Like, what's Vincenzo's? What was his life path that led well, him to he, being a butler? Dude, he's Goot's fucking best man at one point and i'm like dude has no friends in this movie 
honestly pretty obvious by the fact that somebody let him get engaged to Clarice. Yeah. <laughs> Despite apparently knowing I nothing mean, it about sucks her. early on. It's like they fra- they position it as like Gutenberg is like he, you know, children need a mother. There's almost only so much a father can do without help. She talks about how she knows women. She knows that, you know, and. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my God. I was like, this guy sucks. He has no business fathering daughters. Is this how little he thinks of them? You know what I mean? I like, agree 100 percent. Just connect so to I, them. So um, I think what you're talking about is the scene where Alyssa and Clarice um, meet and then Clarice is upset that he hasn't told Alyssa about the engagement. So he goes up to tell she Alyssa yeah, about the engagement. There's like some miscommunications about that. She doesn't understand why Clarice is there. He finally tells her she faints. And Clarice goes on and on about how I know about little girls. Like, she's just doing it to get attention. Oh, my God. Don't pay. I'm a woman. Trust me. I know what's best for your daughter. I've never met before. It's not even just that. It's not even just that. It's these are manipulation tactics. Every woman knows these manipulation tactics. Trust me. It's a basic, it's basic as breathing in and out. Like, this is what's happening. I know about women. Or like, I'm naturally maternal. I know what's best about how to rear a child despite never having done it before. Like. Yeah. I mean, and then when And she, then the father gets up and leaves and takes her word for it. And he's like, my nine years of experience mean nothing in the face of her womanhood. I mean, it doesn't bother me that he leaves her there because she was throwing a tantrum. She is trying. It doesn't bother me that he doesn't like over her pretend fainting what does bother me is then when she runs away vincenzo's <laughs> like oh she ran away and steve gutenberg's literal response verbatim is like make sure she comes home okay all right and like jaunts off make sure she comes home okay it's like i guess no <laughs> one's out there but like they are do seem to be on a pretty like extensive piece of land so at this point Alyssa is in the Hamptons and Amanda and Kirstie Alley are in the Hamptons across the pond at the the dankest summer camp uh, you've ever seen you know honestly the like sheer color like colorful decoration of the camp had me like so trying to go to this camp okay I was also thinking like something that the 90s just did and also that this movie has in common with Parent Trap because again you got the summer camp like there are so many like someone better have filed a lawsuit is what I'm saying but like <laughs> there, there, the the lack of supervision at summer camp that they like make you think like I've been to summer camp there is somebody fucking with their eye on you every single second you think you're sneaking out to play pranks on the boys hell no in every movie about summer camp you think you're gonna have free reign the freedom you couldn't imagine you know what I mean like little adults and it's just like not reality no. <laughs> yeah so, um, so Alyssa's across the lake. The camp was started by, or Amanda's across the lake. Mary Kate mm-hmm. is across the lake. Um, the camp was started by Alyssa's mother, who's dead. Who we who so we hear we good things single about. Goat, we have single Kirstie Alley, and they're yeah. both in the Hamptons. <laughs> yeah, with a twin each. They um, after like after she runs away and is in the fight. Amanda's also in the woods because she was dared to ring the doorbell of the mansion of where Alyssa lives. Yeah. And, you know, is basically scared off having been invited in. They mistake her for Alyssa. Having been invited in, she, like, totally turns around, like, out the door. Oh, she sees 
truly the craziest painting of an Olsen twin. Oh, that's legitimately <laughs> terrifying. No, that was a It was terrifying. It was like, oh, I would be so freaked out. Like, it's in the middle of the day in fucking Hamptons. Like, the fact that the kids think the house is haunted <laughs> is laughable to me. I'm like, this is just rich people. They just be staying scary. But, like, then <laughs> when she goes into the house in the painting, I was like, nice touch. Nice little, like, uh, whoever the prop manager on this movie, shout out to that guy. Someone located someone who could cre- paint the creepiest painting the of that girl. creepiest painting in the world. But so, It was truly terrifying. And they, like, kept zooming in on it. I and know. I was like, stop. And they, she, so she, like, sets out across through the woods. Alyssa's already out there pissed off uh, about her father's engagement. And this was another one of those moments that came back to me so clearly. Uh, them like running through the woods. Alyssa's running away from a um, tag football game. She got taken in by Kirstie Mm -hmm. Alley. She's already been and she was immediately like I want to hang out with this lady. She's got great hair. She's got great mom energy. Like she seems nice. So she takes her and joins her in a football in a tag football game assuming that she is Amanda. And when everybody rushes at her she runs away as I would. There's like a great little moment where she rips her own flag off and it like truly seems authentically <laughs> like the like little Ashley like oh shit like I broke the thing <laughs> doesn't know how to play camp games it's so funny and then like again I have to shout out MK versus A like them sitting on the rock deciding they're gonna trade for real because when they eventually run into each other in the woods they very quickly figure out that like this they were calling you my name I saw the painting of you in the house Mind you, if you are listening to this podcast or watching this movie, waiting for an explanation for why these two girls are identical, it is not coming. You got to let that <laughs> one go. We never find out. They're not secretly sisters. Goot didn't give up one twin for adoption years ago. You know, it's like maybe dead mom had a secret teenage childhood. <laughs> like, I, who knows? Although they're the same age. They're the, the same, same age. age. Yeah. yeah. I was so, like, is Kirstie Alley like secretly her aunt or something? It's, like, yeah. It's, it's purely they went the princess and the pauper route where it's like these are just strangers born of different worlds. Mm-hmm. But um, it's weird. That's the only explanation you get. And you get it a few times. It's super weird. It's you get weird. it a few times. It's so true. <laughs> and they're sitting on this rock and they decide to do the switch. And again, it's just like such a stark difference to me how naturally Mary-Kate does the like, I'm the cute, like, um, rough and tumble, like, overall resourceful, like, kid act and, like, you're being kind of goofy. And Ashley doing the Pris thing, which she will have to try and do over and over and over again in about a dozen more movies after this, is just, like, not as cute and not as natural. I noticed it in this scene. I noticed it in, like, the very beginning when she's playing baseball versus Ashley, like, getting off the plane and being irritated to the irritating to the butler. Maybe it's just the rich person energy that's putting me off. But <laughs> I just think if you had to give it to somebody in this movie, it's got to be MK. And in this scene, too, where she's like, just don't talk so good. Although, Ashley has a couple moments coming up. I think Ashley's just as natural, to be honest. I just think that there's not as many, like, it's just not as cute to be, like, clean as it is to be, like, talking like a little adult. There isn't isn't as many opportunities. Um, She's cute. They do the Sloppy Joe bit. You know, each of the people around them. Oh, my God. Sloppy Joe's took me right back. Yeah, I, I was mean, like, I, I too love Sloppy Joe's. I those. wish I had one right now. <laughs> I haven't even seen one of those in 15 years. No, I know. The, you know, it, it, like the one of the, it's got to be just the best scene in the movie. It's got to be just the best scene in the movie when they, she goes to the engagement party and she's in the dress 
And she's like, <laughs> hello, good swell of you. And she eats the escargot and says, oh, my God, this is like a balloon. Tastes like a balloon. All this money and this is what you people eat? <laughs> I know. So they good. eat slugs. It's so real. And it was giving me, like, just this morning, I'm watching the fucking, like, Kim Kardashian Instagram stories of her buying out, like, a million dollars worth of roses for her, like, photo shoot. And I'm like, this is so asinine to spend your, like, you just can't <laughs> think of anything. And I was like, this is the 90s reincarnation of that. Like, just this ridiculous. Like to a child, ridiculous. And the way the waiter's like, yeah, it's escargot. And she's like, mm, good, chewy. I was like, literally a tiny comedian. I was like, Ashley could not pull it off. Like, so funny. And like, you know, when she gets on the piano and repeats that my future stepmother, whom I absolutely adore, is just like played so well that it's like, this is just, I don't know who made this movie. I, I Like, unless I'm going to be bowled over by the movies that are coming, which I do not anticipate, this, this one's at the curve. And this scene especially is so hilarious and so adorable. It truly was. The part where she eats the slug was also my favorite part. It was so cute. And dad, so dad is present at this party when she, she plays the piano and is like, uh, oh, do you think she's calling out for attention or whatever? And it's like, how out of the loop is this guy? Like, clearly very out of the loop because he apparently has no control even over who he's asked to marry him or is engaged to. Like, is it, he just like she's a socialite we're given a little bit of background about her but he like has he ever met this kid i mean clarice threatens to send her away to boarding school as soon as they're married and it's like isn't she at boarding school she clearly doesn't hang out with goot you know what i mean i know very interesting sort of like messages being sent where it's like we love goot he's a great dad but it's like he doesn't know this kid he gonna marry Clarice and he doesn't really care how Clarice treats her no like I, I was like is good an absent father or is he a present father well like, it's unclear really tell. where her her well it's also the 90s so it's like an absent father was a present father <laughs> but like um it's unclear when her mother died because it's like if it was recent at like the last two years maybe some of this would make more sense if they've been distant he's kind of been fumbling with how to be a single father he like quickly wants to get into a new engagement but if it's been her whole life it doesn't track as much do you know what i mean yeah for sure um but basically, after the engagement party, we're in the best part of the movie for me personally, which is full steed ahead on the Kirstie Alley Gutenberg Well, wait, story. wait. I, the, this is the thing I wanted. I was, like, waiting to give Ashley her due because they the, the way this film operates from a format standpoint is you get one thing from MK and you get a mirrored experience from A at her. So it's, like, for every scene of Ash of Mary Kate pretending to be rich you get a like equal and opposite so like following the engagement party they do this uh they're playing charades at summer camp and if there's a moment where Ashley like really pulls it out because I know I've been talking shit about mm -hmm. Ashley I'm gonna give her her due when she faints on stage and they guess London Bridge it was so cute and it, again <laughs> it just shows a level of writing uh, or of you know production on this movie where it's like you even as the audience thinks she doesn't know what she's doing and she's scared and she falls and then when the audience guesses it it's like kind of left ambiguous about whether or not that was just like her master plan and she's actually good at this like in her own way you know what I mean 
Or yeah. if or if she was just fainting. Yeah, the way if she that got she scared and got lucky. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And it's like so it just works so well that she like is kind of becoming, uh, you know, finding a place for herself at this camp amongst these kids, but as herself, like in her own way. You know what I mean? She doesn't really have to pretend to be the other girl because she's still kind of like finding her footing, which I just thought was like artfully done in this tiny little scene. And Ashley carried it off. Way to go. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Especially when you see... um Like, MK kind of doing the same thing. Everyone thinks she's cute at the engagement party until she kind of makes a scene. And and it's, like, really laying the groundwork for the idea that at the end of the movie, they're going to be, like, a blended family. Totally attached to them both. Yeah, she finds her footing in her own way. The thing that this charade scene does do, though, is the boys are suspect, which I love that there's a little group of boys (laughs) at camp that are catching on. Like, you know, I'm a sucker, again, super 90s, whenever a movie implies that children have a better intuition about things than grownups do, because I, it's got to be true Mm -hmm. she has got the the like the little girl that plays like i wouldn't say she's her friend but she's definitely like a cohort honestly has the has amazing comedic timing too like when Mary Kate's trying to climb up into her bunk at camp, like the real Mary oh, Kate. She says, "Get and a she life." She goes, "Get a life." It's yeah. so true, but I think that's that's meant to imply that Mary Kate has been to this camp many, many times for many years and is a regular, and that she's been an orphan for a long time. <laughs> After these sort of like one-off scenes of each of them finding their footing in their respective new roles, they we kind of go into a montage of them being each other, uh, but it mm. kicks off with. Uh, what's it uh amanda as Alyssa secretly spitting gum into clarice's hair because she's leaving to plan the wedding and i have to tell you when i tell you this took me right back to our mom being like oh my god that's horrible like shock and horror that a child a little girl she was like that is not good behavior That's like my I, mom watching I 100%, this and yeah. just being like, oh, my God, like, were you raised in a barn? And at the same time, like, it's played right next to um, what's it, uh, you know, um, uh, Alyssa as Amanda with Christy Alley basically telling her in a like private moment that she reminds her of her mother. And it's like low key dark. I mean, everything I about I this, thought that was so sad and sweet. Everything <laughs> about this movie is mirrored. First, we get a scene after the party of um, Goot coming to her room and her saying, I wish I had a father or something to the effect of I I really like having a father. It's dark, dude. He doesn't know that she's an orphan with no parents. Then immediately following that, you have Alyssa with Christy Alley saying, you remind me of my mother. And Christy Alley getting like visibly almost uncomfortable, like visibly sad for her, you know, mm-hmm. like even though they're yeah. they're kind of speaking cryptically. So. The gum is in the hair. They're off to the races. They're officially, like, each The gum other. in the hair was another moment where I was like, I remember this movie, actually. Like, the gum in the hair yeah, sticks I out to me, it. like, across time. And it's like, <laughs> again, they set up. And I get that this is a special week because they're at camp. But again, they do this thing with the montage when they go into the montage that, like, they are both just having the time of their lives. You know, like, mm-hmm. um, Alyssa's now, like, doing ceramics with Christy Alley, like, that they make look, like, more fun than I've ever had. Literally, is this needs to be, like, on the wheel-throwing level of the ghost scene. Like, I know. they're both so cute. Christy Alley looks like the mom of your dreams. Uh, you know, Amanda's playing around in this ridiculous indoor pool 
which I'm like, the point, all that money and you built a roof over your pool, like, what is the point? Someone explain to me why people have- It gets cold in New York. Right in. It's cold in New York. Tweet to me why you would have an indoor pool. (laughs) Write to me. (laughs) I know, this is truly an LA perspective. It snows in New York, Connor. (laughs) Okay, you got me on that one. You got me on that one. Consider that your point. Um, They go fishing, you know what I mean? And it's like, they actually put these- See, cut these scenes together with one of them swimming in there in their pool and playing croquet on their like expansive land, you know, going fishing. It's all just like a bunch of fun hijinks that like, you know, you might get up to rich or poor, whatever line of life you but you know what I mean? It's just like kind of hilarious. Mm-hmm. The like equality that they insert in there where I'm like, sure, 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 sure. Um, anyway, they they originally had agreed to switch places so that because uh, MK is so much better at getting rid of adults. She has so much experience shirking potential adoptees that she's like, let me have your dad for a night. When I'm done with him, she's gone. And she had enough experience with this fucking crazy in the 20 seconds that she was in the house that she was like, yeah, she's bad news and I'm going to help you get rid of her. So they, they are now at the point where they're switching back. They, they've met up, they're doing the agreement and you can just like sense that, uh, I keep wanting to call them by their like real names. Cause like we know who's who, but Amanda, I mean, I think you can. Yeah. I know. <laughs> Amanda doesn't want to go back right away. She's like, I can stay with your dad. We can try and like get our respective quasi parents together, you know, which is mm-hmm. a plan they hatched just because now each of them has spent enough time with the other adult that they're like, I want this adult in my life permanently. Well, Ashley asks why um, she's like, Kirstie Alley's the best, dude. And she's like, I know. And Ashley's like, why doesn't she just adopt you? And then you guys can be a family. That seems like it would be the best family in the world. And then Mary-Kate says, again, she can't adopt me because she's unmarried. And then Ashley's like, well, you know, who else is unmarried? Yeah. <laughs> and, and it is like the literal uh, predicament of the film that Christy Alley cannot be a family to her because she doesn't have a man. But... Yeah, they they go to the stables in what is supposed to be where they switch back and they decide not to switch back right away because they have this new, you know, this is like, you know, a good third, almost halfway through the movie when they're hatching this plan. You know, it starts out simple. We got to get rid of Clarice. We both know she's garbage. And then they're like, wait, there's a bigger opportunity here. (laughs) Um, We could be happy all the time. I would like to say I do not approve. Um of the way that they go about doing this the horse hijinks genuinely scary i thought that too (laughs) genuinely was like if you don't know how to ride a horse and you're just like off on your own you could really hurt yourself and also just like i'm no horse riding expert but the way that kirstie alley is like bouncing up and down on the horse looks genuinely painful okay again this is another moment i have to step out and throw it to mk the physical humor of her on the horse with gutenberg and he doesn't (laughs) understand why she doesn't know how to ride a horse like suddenly and her stiff arms bouncing on that horse looking terrified as fuck is already hilarious because she's so tiny but then he says what (laughs) happened to all those equestrian letters and she says are you asking me an equestrian (laughs) and it's like so dumb but so hilarious because of how she's doing it that i was like (laughs) the stiff arms were oh my god it was so funny and i was like ashley could never again this is this movie uh she's given more to do for sure there's no question but this movie's totally mk's all the way 
But so then Kirstie Alley's like, they shoot a, um, what's it called? A slingshot at Kirstie Alley's horse's butt. She's like, did you bring it? (laughs) The contraband from camp. Did you bring it? (laughs) The camp She's like, bring me my tools. I have things I need to be able to work with. (laughs) Shoots Kirstie Alley's horse in the butt. It takes off, like, to God knows where, until Gutenberg sees her, like, screaming her head off, fearing for her life, like, racing who knows where. And he goes to save her. Again. On a white horse. <laughs> only, first of all, Steve Gutenberg's outfit. I was like, the costuming on this movie, they were like. He's a rich person, know, Connor. They like, don't dress like normal people. Com- we're communicating <laughs> this on a serious level. Only Christy Alley could make this work. Only Christy Alley is funny on that horse flying through. It's like so silly, so ridiculous. It's like, it reminded me of the scene. They do almost the same thing in uh, The Wedding Planner. And it's oh, like I yeah. was mixing oh them up in my brains because in that movie, I think he hops onto her horse, like literally like. No, ra- he leads her horse like with. Oh, I don't know. No, no. All in I the remember other is him movie, like leading her horse. In the other movie, because they end up in like a sexy situation where like she's straddling him, facing him and he's riding the horse. He like he like uh, literally pulls her onto his horse. Another classic horse. movie. Another classic. Yeah. <laughs> But so I was watching this waiting for him to do that to like hop aboard. And I was like, oh, I must be thinking of another horse hijink segment (laughs) of another 90s rom-com. And I was. It just cannot be overstated. The way that Kirstie Alley is bouncing up and down on the horse looks genuinely painful and is not at all the way you ride a horse. (laughs) And when he finally does catch up to her, just the like freak out level of just like relatability I mean, it's oh her superpower. It's her superpower in this movie. It is. You know what it I mean? Is. It's really As good the horse casting. is tearing off and she just yells, call 911. <laughs> I know. And it's like, you know, this is probably the most they give Gutenberg to do in the whole movie is him being really charming after saving her. And he's, she, you know, she knows there's exactly one house on this whole plot of land. Are you Roger Calloway? And he says, I, th- I think so. And it's like, <laughs> what? That's like one of the eight lines they bothered giving him as just like the cute rich guy. But he's totally It's really cute. about the eyes for Gutenberg. He's and totally cute. <laughs> it's just true. Like he, you would have a crush on this guy for sure. He's got a very, like, pervasive, like, sweet guy energy. Yeah, that totally. Just bleeds through any circumstance. And then the <laughs> fact that, like, once they meet and are flirting, they, neither of them has any concern for where their literal missing children are. I know, are. they've just lost the children on horses. Like, they could be miles away. But it's, like, the recurring assumption is that there's nowhere for them to go. Like, both of them are like, well, they'll just be at camp or they'll go to the house. Like, there's nowhere, which yeah. is probably true, so I'm, like, willing to, like, let it slide. But I did love that, like... They, sh- they totally give both of these parents a slip, and the parents are just used to being given the slip, it seems. I do love, like, how charmingly he's like, come back to my house. Like, we'll talk about it. It's, like, not sleazy at all. It's, like, not gross. It was, like, very the, Yeah, you cute. work at this camp, and I have not been involved Wanna with hear the about camp. It. Totally. Yeah. It was my, like, late I was like, this project. is so charming. Totally. This would work on every woman, including every woman Kirstie Alley. And, and the girls hiding under the dinner cart trying to get close enough to listen to them. So I mean, it just totally arms. works. It totally works. This is mm-hmm. the most PG rated fun that you can have on Amazon Prime. You heard it here. When he's talking about how he made his money by buying the airspace, and Mary Kate is just rolling her eyes like a vomit. She's I know. like so boring. Oh my god! Get to the good stuff. Relatable. <laughs> but I do think that when his fiance calls and he has to like take that, 
And it's like, yeah, they had a moment. Why she, would you ever take that in front of Kirstie? No, I totally disagree. It's like anyone? they had a cute moment. She cleaned his cut, whatever. But the disappointment and offend, offense she takes and walks I out. I feel the complete opposite. I was like, calm down. Like you don't know even this Even if it wasn't your fiance, you wouldn't take a private phone call in front of a stranger. And more than that, in like where she can hear him he's going it's nobody it doesn't matter it's just some person from the camp I don't care about her and she's like we weren't on a date but now I'm just sitting here in a deeply uncomfortable situation that I actually don't need to be in like this was like this was a flirtation everyone can see but it could just as easily have been a business meeting in which case this conversation is also deeply inappropriate and I like there's no need to exchange words about it there's no need to get hurt feelings about it I'm just gonna go back to work like I'm just gonna remove myself from the situation. It's all good, but I there guess are no more so. words that need to be said. I thought she handled it extremely I mean, classily. He clearly acknowledged that he was being rude, but but and yeah, it's fine that she left. But she it just seems so silly that like you guys met 20 minutes ago. This guy has a whole life you know nothing about, and it's like she tries to leave before he even takes it. She tries to yeah, be like, I'll true. just go. Yeah, like, I feel true. like it's an awkward situation. I feel like he was being very rude, and she was like, you know what? I can just as easily not be here, and then this awkward situation wouldn't be happening. And she's and already kind of primed to believe he's out of her league, so it's, like, natural for her sort of to be like, sure, whatever. I mean, after she leaves, she goes back to the camp, and in, again, they just constantly demonstrate how much you want to hang out with this person. She's, like, peeling... <laughs> potatoes for dinner and just talking to her girlfriends she is doing girl talk they're they're, they're making about s'mores by the fire they're watching the they're kids hearing they're hearing about, about the her day. crush yeah. yeah and the moment like see i keep going back and forth i'm like such a champion of mk in this movie but she was just given more to do because ashley is really cute in this moment where she's overhearing them talk about how like you know men like that don't marry girls like me you're just gonna mm-hmm. root for the girl who's like uh, ain't trying to compete out there with the 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 Clarices of the world. You're just gonna root for her. She's a she's you know she's is, just like in every woman. Ni- she's like she seems cool. It's 1995. She seems hip. There she are seems humble. two kinds of women. You know what I mean? There are exactly <laughs> two kinds. Um, which is just again, you know, I said this earlier. Just the whole point of the whole movie. Like, there's two types of women. The which is like why Mary Kate and Ashley had a job for 10 years. You know what I mean? One has curly <laughs> yeah. hair and one has straight hair. Uh, but one likes dresses and one likes sports. Right. Exactly. <laughs> totally. And she, Ashley turns around and, you know, she says, no, that's not true that he's not like that. He he's, he's, that's not the kind of woman that he would love because he fell in he fell in love with someone else and she was like oh you know what a candy or a miffy or whatever you I know, loved that and she's <laughs> a girl like, with no. food names yeah and she says <laughs> no her name was Kathy and she was a teacher and like standing up for the kind of person her mom was which again just killed me because she's already established that Christy Alley totally reminds her of that mm-hmm. and Christy Alley's response to that is oh great he's like even more perfect. Cause he, you know, sees. Cause the, he likes he likes cool girls instead cool girls of like, like Chrissy her. girls. Yeah, yeah. She, then he likes type number two instead of type number one. Um, and then this is where the iconic, the most '90s line of the whole movie: "I'm cheating." She gets up. It's like she's of course on a diet, just <laughs> Hand perpetually. Me that stick. Yeah, she's just perpetually um, 
on a diet, which I love. <sighs> it's very sweet. It. It's very sweet that she stands up for her mom in a way that also like tells Christy Alley, like you totally have a shot. You know what I mean? Like be you more than have a shot. He would be lucky to get you. Mm-hmm. She loves Christy Alley at this point, and so do I. And I, and I just feel like they do a good job at this point. I'm genuinely rooting. I'm like, make this family happen, girls. Like it's in your power. Well, we go. We go back to happen. the mansion. You know, Gu is distressed by their meeting. He has He's to go talk to, talk to his to best and only friend. <laughs> Vincenzo is his He's only like, friend. Vinny is the only man that can solve this for me. And Vincenzo's like, go take a walk, homie. Go get go get your toes wet, baby. Take a There's a lake right yeah. across the way. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. He shows up See out of the fucking nowhere. You. you know, Christy Alley has to. You, there's this like small part where she has to deal with a phone call where like the butt kisses from the beginning of the movie want to adopt Amanda, and she's like, "Fucking no way! These people are so suspect. Not gonna happen." And she even says on the phone, "I want to adopt Amanda. I know it's unorthodox, but like, please don't let her go to this family. I'm trying to work it out. Like, I want." Is to there adopt no her. level where the kid gets to chime in at all? The kid get, doesn't get to say, no. "I want to stay." I mean, I don't know. I'm not in a. I'm not That's in crazy. the adoption like career field at all, but I don't think so. She's nine. But they years let old. children. <laughs> like, they let children decide that they between like in divorces. I yeah, know, like who they want to live with, which I find interesting. You know what I mean? I know, but I think that there's an aspect of adoption where it's like they're currently a ward of the state, and it's like and the state's interest to, to get be. them placed with a family. Yeah. Ugh, that's so dark. Like they, well, I don't know. Again, like, chime in. Like, I have no idea. I have yeah, no tweet experience <laughs> with adoption. Yeah. <laughs> um, so he shows up looking cute as hell in the 90s blue polo and is like, I just think we should hang. Like, basically, the chemistry, like, guys, this the energy. chemistry was there. <laughs> You're feeling this energy. Clarice, you know, of course, she's, Has gone she back knows to something's York. up and she is on her way back immediately. She's got herself a horrible new haircut that I absolutely Disgusting. at the time you could not have told me was a wig. I now understand is absolutely 100 percent a horrible wig. <laughs> It was literally bad. I was like, this girl's supposed to be high fashion. She's supposed to have all the money in the world. And like, she could like, there are cute short hairstyles, especially like in the 90s. The that was a thing. They're yeah. And this, they're just trying to be mean. She gets like consistently more like Heinous. unput together and like evil witch looking as the movie goes on. And it's like, all right. Yeah. <laughs> Well, so women hating women, it's the 90s. You really can't expect much better. You just have to get on board or get it. Yeah, or not watch. But, uh, you know, now he's at the camp and it's like natural that Christy Alley is like, oh, I want you to meet my like favorite kid. Uh, Or like, you know, and cheese in the mess hall. Yeah, I love that. So cute. She's like, we're not fancy, but we're just as good as you. And you're like, you're better. We've got Italian. Yeah, it's so good. Um, (laughs) And. You know, and he's he fits right in. He feels great. He's having a great time. He's smiling more than you've ever seen him smile. He's the like the charm is on. It's totally suggested that like the energy of his late wife is like in the air or something, or that he feels in like the camp. This yeah, is what he feels he's more been avoiding. Yeah, whatever. You know, she tries to get him to meet Amanda, who he will obviously recognize as his own daughter. And there's a cute little uh, like slow. Or even if she wasn't his own daughter, he would recognize that there was something going on because he looks just like her. No, daughter. exactly. That he he would be uh, clued it in. Would, yeah, the hijinks would be. Yeah, up. yeah. The jig is up. So she very artfully uh, starts a food fight instead and distracts them. 
And um, quick shout out to the way that Mary Kate zigzag runs up to the window as though she's drunk and confused about where she is. This stood out to me as literally the cutest piece of like physical comedy of her just like looking around and crouched down and like running up to the window trying to find out where they were. Yeah, no. I was like, this is adorable. The physical comedy the whole time is so cute and so on par. And again, like they just... They leveled up. They, they stepped it up with this movie. Like, they actually use these girls to their strengths, I feel like. And I don't know mm-hmm. if we will feel like that with every one of these. If we will see that again. Um, yeah. I mean, they had good company. The adults cast in this movie are lovable. But, uh, mm-hmm. yeah. The charisma and charm is on the whole movie I for mean, every character. When they, when they relink in the cafeteria when Gutenberg is there, and she's sort of pulled off this food fight to, like, hide her identity, the other sister, Amanda, commends her on like, damn, like you're yeah. you're picking up the tricks. And she's like, oh, I thought I was going to have a heart attack. But you can see the two girls also bonding and also like picking up each other's like uh, things. Yeah. Yeah. Like, Attributes and like that becoming they're friends more similar and- than you would have thought. And that being around each other is making them more similar and bringing them and having fun. Yeah. 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 So cute. I thought it was so cute when Ashley goes, I was going to have a heart attack. I know. It's she did so that cute. so well. It was so cute. And so now they're covered like, in food. There's kind food of fights strange, only exist in movies. Only exist in movies. You couldn't get it. But they look so enough. fun. You can't also, like that. Also, it's like wick no enough. adult would partake in a yeah. food fight. It sounds like a nightmare. I know, I know. It's like now that I like am a grown up and understand how expensive my clothes are, I'm like and like how dreaming. things get cleaned, like by yeah, adults cleaning them. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, not by magic. Um, so they both like go jump in the lake, which this whole thing is like to me the, one of the goofier sort of like. It's like okay, sure, he's like just wild now. He's just got so much energy. He's been set free. He's been so his stuffy rich person, and now the, her energy is just contagious. And he has to. And I was like, all right, I'm going with it because like whatever. But like even Christie Alley looks like just exhausted and uncomfortable treading water she and does trying not to flirt. Get in the water. It's like, who's <laughs> trying to flirt with dirt? You know what I mean? And the I know, whole but thing. She, I mean, the whole thing is so commendably. Wholesome. She tries to do it. Yeah. <laughs> The whole thing is totally wholesome. And they're spying from the, um, from the dog and a great sort of like, um, a great sort of moment of wingmanning from Vincenzo's point. That creep is full spying on them from the house with a telescope. I know what. And he's like, ooh, look at that. I knew it. I called All this it. money, and this is what they do. I know, <laughs> like the exactly. telescope pointed at the camp. <laughs> but I did like, because Clarice comes home unexpectedly, and he immediately, there's like a standoff between them that I really loved with like no words, where she's like, can you go get me something? And he knows he has to leave the room to go get, but he doesn't move right away. Because if he she moves, basically she's just dismisses him and is finished talking to him, and then she's like, "Why haven't you left the room yet? Yeah, exactly. Go get me a coke." And it's and like, he's like, "Fine." You have to kind of. There's a subtlety that I appreciated where he's like, "Oh shit!" And as he moves, he intentionally knocks the telescope out of the way so she won't go look. There's a little bit of like a, a battle of intelligence there, hoping that she won't like pick up uh, on what he's doing, and she, of course like immediately goes and snoops around yeah she spies him in the telescope so now she's like 
on one. She's got to move up the med- the wedding. When Goot gets back to the house, she's like, of course, shown to be like using her feminine wiles and her horrible haircut to like seduce him into moving up the wedding. And because he's a boy in the 90s, he's like, I'm helpless against the idea that like my fiance has come up with the and now we're getting married day, tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. The next day I was like, what? Uh, like the, know, again, weddings don't take time to plan. <laughs> This, like, doesn't happen. He writes Denise a letter that he did not write, that his daughter wrote. And I'm like, show me an adult that couldn't tell the difference between a nine-year-old having written you a letter. Like, I thought the difference between the two letters was so cute. Like, Ashley writes, like, a totally, um, like, sleepless in Seattle, FMEO letter yeah. for, <laughs> for Gutenberg. And then, um, and then... Or no, Mary-Kate writes that letter and then Ashley writes a totally sweet, like, romantic letter that Kirstie Alley just, like, absolutely falls for. And it's like, this is so romantic. And when she goes to meet him, the pacing around of, like, why she's Mm -hmm. there could have been so silly and is, like, only cute because it's Kirstie Alley. It's so cute, too, when she's like, I've technically never met his fiance, so maybe it's okay. And then she's like, no, it's not okay. She is fully (laughs) dressed for a funeral, though. It's like there are levels to this where it's like, okay, maybe the people making this movie did think she was like heavier than a regular leading lady because they put her for her romantic, like written love letter woods, like rendezvous. They have her in like a full black paper bag and shirt. It's like honestly, I have seen my mom in that, outfit, and that's the vibe I was getting. Was just like maternal nineties, like every woman, like like beautiful, but not like, um, but like wholesome still. Not like yeah. seducing you to move the wedding up. Like, this is pretty much the end of what I call the fun part of this movie because when she returns to camp, she realizes that they have um, used her sort of distraction, yeah, to. Take Gutenberg a, doesn't show up because he's going to to New York to with plan his wedding married. suddenly. Yeah, yeah, to plan his wedding, which is like which such is a like, classic rom com boy move. Men it's like if you don't want to marry her, no don't marry control. her. Yeah, I always this always gets me. It's like men are constantly like just waking up at the altar. Like how do you get here? Especially just we're finding also themselves still, in tales. It's the '90s, so it's like we're still talking about a time where it's like the expectation is that he clearly asked her, and that there would be no other yeah. way around. So it's like. What the fuck? Like, the the extent to which they are let off the hook for their own actions. Like, you had no culpability in getting engaged to this person. You just are floating You definitely along, had culpability in moving the wedding. Being dragged along. <laughs> like, what? Anyway, so they basically use this time that Christy Alley's distracted thinking she's going to go meet Goot to, to take Amanda, that's actually Alyssa pretending to be Amanda, to the Buckus's house, which is so much more terrifying than you originally thought because what they're doing is they're basically collecting kids and collecting money from the state to foster kids and they're putting them to work for child labor which is like so much scarier than this lighthearted movie will like let it be but when Chrissy Alley gets back to the camp she serves it up to the other two counselors that let her go who are basically like well we couldn't find you and she's like I would have laid down in front of that truck. And if you were protecting these kids, like, so would you have? And I was like, ooh, this is about as serious as this movie gets. Because those two counselors, like, they look like they endangered a child's life. You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. they, she is Genuine fear from her. Like, I was afraid. I was like, this is is bad. Yeah. And I don't know what happened to these actors who play the two parents, but yeah, they're terrifying. They like down to the teeth, the details of these people. Ugh, but 
when um, she is taken to the house and, and, like, put to work in the junkyard or whatever, um, she's able to steal away and get to the phone and call uh, Amanda as Alyssa, who then lets her know, like, we're in deep shit. He's getting married tomorrow. On the phone call, she's like, help, I've literally been abducted by evil people who are, you know, employing child labor to you know, for their evil bunny scheming means or whatever. And Amanda on the other front was like, I've got equally terrifying news. And that is that this adult man with his own free will, fully capable of making his own decisions has decided to be married. Like, Oh my God, we're in a mess. We got to save him from himself too. And it's like, ah, the agency <laughs> that is, uh, that is assigned to this adult man. Yeah is infuriating it does like exist. i get that they're they're <laughs> a scheming they're a scheme and they're putting their heads together they're trying to tell they're trying to get dad to do what he doesn't know is best for himself but it's just pathetic it is just pathetic this child has been uh, literally abducted she's been kidnapped <laughs> to be put to work and that's on the same level as billionaire steve goot being so fucking dumb and head in the clouds it's frustrating. <laughs> anyway, they both agree they got to get to work. <laughs> They're like, For sure. we've got two problems to tackle. But immediately, like... But also, you know, like, it, one thing that they continue to do in this movie, they've done the entire time, is this sort of, like, um, pitting against each other of the, the, like, poor sister and the rich sister and, like, consistently making it seem as though the rich sister's life is, like, worse. Or at the very least, like, equal. And it's like, like you said, I'm literally in a salvage yard, kidnapped, gonna work here for the rest of my life until my, like, body... 18th birthday. Yeah, until, like, my body breaks and I'm no longer, like, of value to this family. And she's like, I'm being shipped off to boarding school in Switzerland. We both have problems. And it's like, no, one of you has a problem. (laughs) And the other one of you is gonna have an awesome fucking time in a foreign country. (laughs) And not for nothing, I bet Alyssa's like, yeah, girl, I would trade you those problems. Those are supposed to be my problems. She's like, bitch, I love boarding school. (laughs) And it's like, the poor twin has the, like, parent that's there for her. You know what I mean? And the rich dad yeah. like never really there of for course. her well, it's like, any it that kid way. would rather be poor than rich and i was like no kid no kid no person i mean <laughs> they have to make it that way so that i mean that's just part of the great american myth like they have to make it that money doesn't buy everything even yeah. though it's like we see you like that's the whole point of rewatching these i feel like is just like <laughs> we fucking see you this is i i mean i think that that is a very family uh, value that is going to be shoehorned into any of these. That money doesn't buy you anything. And any 90s movie in general, really. And we, it was a more naive time. You know? Yeah. It was like the, the rich were harmless. We weren't we weren't so mad at we, them. Yeah, you know? I guess. Or they were actively working and making us not as mad at them. Anyways. Yeah. Right. Immediately... You know, I think Amanda's like, the jig is up. The jig is up. I got to go tell someone, you know, which like, yes, that is the appropriate response to finding out. Although Amanda has been trying to tell them since she left the Hamptons. She's kicking and screaming in the limo. She's trying to tell them the whole time that she's not the right girl. You're totally right. And then finally she comes up with the foolproof plan. And she's like, you know what evidence I've got? I've got evidence of hard living. That's what I've got. <laughs> these streets. And she goes these in and she streets. shows them the scars. <laughs> yeah, the New York streets have that have scarred her. 
and she's got scars on her feet, the back of her neck, you know, from from mm-hmm. basically being a tomboy from like roughhousing in a way that Alyssa just like that Vincenzo would know that it isn't her. And, and so she goes to the like, only adult shit. that we can trust in the entire movie, <laughs> Vincenzo. Yeah. The only adult that the sees butler. all. <laughs> yeah. And, Who and knows about these hard living New York streets based on purely Also, on it's like, Italian call my caretaker. Call Diane. She'll prove it to you. Like, like, and he does. He goes and talks to her and shows them the photos. It's very endearing when she sort of realizes that there's two. And I think it makes sense to her and it explains a lot of things. A lot of things, yeah. But then also, even then, Vincenzo's kind of still working an angle. He doesn't give Diane all the information. He's like meet at this place call this number like there's a plan in place even still but diane is sort of like i don't care i have things to do like my girl is like in the salvage this child yeah well what i think is funny is like once they once they realize they've got their kid Alyssa, has been swapped and been kidnapped it is still diane's problem to go get her back and get her to the church on time it's like god has no information that's not information we want to interrupt the wedding planning for your child has been swapped accidentally she's not on the premises and she is you know under the care of these people in staten island we gotta like make a plan two heads are better than one and ultimately they do throw all their money behind getting her back because she has the sickest with the sickest (laughs) rescue with the helicopter diane comes and gets her at the helicopter and that is a direct result of vincenzo like here call lou call this number if you need help or whatever but it's like if i'm diane i'm going to the church my kid's there are you kidding me like not that she wouldn't help this girl either but it's like oh this is my errand i'm running for you to go find your kid you've got my kid the the only thing this makes me think though is that is that Vincenzo has a plan all along. Like, he's sending that jet no matter what. Like, he's getting Alyssa from the junkyard regardless. But he just needs to get Diane involved to get Diane to the church so that they can, inter- so that they can like, get Diane and Goot together. Once again, Gutenberg is, like, not at all involved in the planning or given any agency. It's like, Vincenzo takes care of it. Vincenzo's going to get the girls. Diane's going to show up all on her own. Like, Amanda has created a plan. And they're just like, Goot's at the, like, Goot is just, like, a puzzle piece that that's in place already at the church like he's not told anything he's not expected to be a part of any problem solving he's just like the roles they assigned to these men that there would be actually no value to include him there would be absolutely no he can't be held responsible for losing his daughter or for marrying the wrong woman we need to protect him from this like it's just he's basically just a bag of money with a cute face and we just need him to be in place so that diane can like retrieve him he just needs to stand on the mark when we tell him and we'll orchestrate everything else. It just blows my mind. And it's like, th- th- it's not acknowledged. There's nothing wrong with Steve Gertenberg. He's just a regular old silly man. Can't count on mm-hmm. him to know that his fiance is. A- it's like, I'm prepared for that to be a theme over and over again. Because I know what we're getting into. But it still I makes my blood think, boil. Yeah, the romantic interests in these movies are going to be like particularly... Um, cut forward thing <laughs> yeah exactly although i will say i will say one thing that it does set up because good doesn't know anything about literally anything he doesn't know his children have been swapped he doesn't know one of them's been like imprisoned in a junkyard he doesn't know that diane's like on her way to staten island and back he does completely on his own and without any interference stop the wedding and refuse to marry clarice so at this point all good knows is that he just doesn't, doesn't want to marry her. her yeah and loves 
um, how nice of him to have started to think about whether or not that was true at the altar. <laughs> well, um, he was only given 24 hours, but I'm just saying that does put up the situation. No, he for- wasn't. He was given a month and then he agreed to, that's the thing. It's like given. He wasn't again. given a month. Like, he knew Diane literally yesterday and then he came home and was, oh, you're saying week. that's why he realized he didn't love her. I, that didn't occur. I mean, I think yeah. he just should have realized he didn't Sooner, love her, Diane or no Diane. I agree. But I do think that in the movie, they've set up a situation where Goo does stop the wedding simply because of his feelings not because of like external factors that stop the wedding for him so that is a bit of agency on oh god yeah i know we have to give him that credit (laughs) but like there are many movies where he wouldn't even get that so like he consider that when she does finally kind of figure out what is going to make someone believe her you know that like as at, at you know seven or eight or whatever that her butler knows better the scars on her body than her dad even then she doesn't go to him like he'll be a smart enough guy to figure it out and believe her you know what i mean like even in that i mean i know it's not actually her father she's someone else and she has a closer relationship with vincenzo or whatever but like okay i gotta go to Alyssa's dad i gotta go tell her dad that she's missing they just leave him out of it they just totally and I, I mean it's a classic theme of like parents being oblivious and we've already but, established that vincenzo is like the sympathetic adult in yeah the thing. so whatever yeah he links up with diane they rescue Alyssa as amanda from the junkyard and she has a pretty great sort of like told you so like told you i was a rich girl <laughs> yeah coming for me yeah after they've crowned her like queen of the junkyard so with her crown and t- she goes and gets in the helicopter it's so great mm-hmm. one more line from diane that i absolutely loved is the whole time she's going to get her from staten island she's like i'm not going to go in the church i'm not going in the church it's too desperate it's too pathetic i'm not going in the church and then oh, they get there on cute. the buggy and she's like get out of the buggy come on we need to go in the church and she goes i think i'm actually just gonna wait for amanda out here it's great it's the same cuteness when she's like getting stood up and yeah. she's like, oh my God, what am I <laughs> What am I into? doing? It's so and cute. And she throws a tantrum on the steps. <laughs> and it's like, I am so fucking over the adults. I know. Like, get out of the car right <laughs> now. This and is serious, is young lady. <laughs> like, there's and no she's time like, to fuck um, around. It's too embarrassing. My ex is in there. I don't think can go into the church it's so cute but then she like talks her into it and she comes into the church and Goot is there he's surprised to see her I guess and he tells Clarice that 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 he's not gonna marry her that he doesn't well here's the part where I kind of <laughs> turn against them I'm not gonna lie there's two major things and okay so Goot doesn't want to marry her She's coming down the aisle. She's humiliated on a level that is unforgivable that you as the audience are happy to forgive because you're team Diane and Goop. But it's just disgusting that this adult man would drag her through this mm-hmm. almost engagement and dump her at the altar. Like, I'm no fan of hers. I don't want her as my stepmom. But he's already done did the grossest rejection yeah with just total he says i'm in love with someone else which is like keep it to yourself while we're on the altar she's got her entire family there you have to imagine she's got this terrible haircut thanks to him and Mm -hmm. we get that she's in somebody else's love story or whatever he put on his clothes you know what i mean it's like these things don't happen at nine in the morning diane's been to staten island and back he's been all day 
planning on getting married. Yeah. And in the second yep. that she finally the, Well, most she does run down the aisle, which is crazy, but grotesque, humiliating way. No, but these are the two things that turn me against them. They do all that. We know she's a bitch. We know we're Team Diane. Whatever. He sees another woman and dumps her on the spot. And then just to show how much they hate her, they rip her dress and expose her like bare ass I know. to all I of her family awful. and friends that she's already being humiliated and like high five about it. Mom and dad couldn't be prouder. Like Steve Gutenberg wasn't just about to take this woman as his wife for as long I know, as he, he they care both about shall her at live. All. I know. At all. They high five. Then, I mean, that's one bad enough where I'm like, it just ain't cute. It ain't cute to me. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it's the source. It's like... You know, it's like a little slut shady too to be like, and yeah, to run out of here in her underwear. That in her evil underwear, witch. yeah, yeah. It's like, nah. <laughs> it's just like I know there are probably people in the world that think this is too much energy and thought to put into this movie, but it's like this is the messaging that I was watching. It's the messaging you were watching, and whenever I get so mad about how broken my brain is, and I see shit like this, it's like because these. There are entire two-dimensional characters that are thrown in your face, you know, that are written as expendable, whose entire, the whole purpose they serve is to laugh at them. You know what I mean? And it's just like, that was like a bridge too far for me. The like extra humiliation, you know? And of course the argument would be that he put, she pushed him down the aisle. She tricked him. But that doesn't fly with me either. I'm too, we're too smart for that one too. Ain't nobody tricked nobody. You know what I mean? You didn't wake up at the altar. A hundred percent. Like what crime is it to try to get married? That kills me. And it's like, oh, how dare she what? Like work really hard her whole life to be attractive, to get a rich husband. Like the world grooms you for any other kind of skill. Like I just am like justice for Clarice at the end of this. Like it's bullshit. Mm-hmm. And then of course, like cool girl comes in. You know, I'm rooting for Christy Alley. Also, too. there's I always a little something that I feel like you find in these '90s movies, or honestly, basically any movie, even today. I'm not going to act like we're above it, but there's always mm-hmm. a little something that like grates me the wrong way when like not to get too into it, but it's like truly the idea of like being pantsed as like the ultimate revenge where it's like, and then one last thing we like use your naked body against her. She's like that gross and disgusting. And it's just like, I didn't need it. If this is a children's movie, like I didn't need it. Yeah. Like no part of that would anybody deserve. And like, I just, it was She's just, just a squawking, shrill, silly woman. Ha ha ha. ha and now ha. we've all seen her naked butt. Ha! At her expense, yeah. Yeah, it's just it's like lame. no part it of it doesn't, was needed to me. I don't need it. I already think they've done her dirty just breaking up with her at the altar. You didn't need to take it that far. Yeah. But she already so screams, then, this is the most humiliated I've ever been in my life. And then they pants And it's like, her. I bet. Yeah. And then they I know. Her. I'm with you. So that's the first thing where I'm like, all right, I'm not on team them right now. They got me primed not to be on team them. And they realize like, oh, you... We should get together. They're on the steps of the church. But how are we going to get home? Or who, you know, they do a little thing or whatever. And he's like, sir, I'll buy your buggy. The buggy that they've lifted, <laughs> you know, they've stolen to race through traffic to get through. And something about that was gross to me, too. I can buy this man's entire Job. livelihood. Yeah, career. His yeah. every way that he makes money without even thinking. With the cash I have on me right now. I can buy it out from him and he I can give him a price he can't refuse. And it's like it's supposed to be cute and romantic, but it's like but it's, it's like, 2021. Pay that man Poverty to give you is a carriage ride. Pay that That's man what to I'm give saying. you a carriage ride. 
Yeah, and then you pay should him pay him for the day. last one. <laughs> pay him every time you need to work. Yeah, exactly. You stole his buggy from him, and then you're like, "Oh yeah, was this an inconvenience to you? It means so it wasn't for us. Me. Yeah, let me. It means so little to me. Let me just throw this money at you, and then you're at least off our. And I was like, "Damn, this ugly too. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this it was ugly. ugly. Also, also, like, I was like." On a totally separate note, it was ugly, and I'm with you 100%. But I was kind of like, am I crazy? Like, you're already at a church, and I know you're going to end up together. How are we not getting married right now? <laughs> I know they always do that in movies. It's like, well, we might as well we not waste the reception. We might as well. I know. It's like, you met like, 24 hours ago. How are we not getting married right now? And, like, you shouldn't be baby. trusting. <laughs> you shouldn't be trusting your past decisions about who you get married to since apparently you're just Clearly you barely involved. Clearly, don't think about it at all. You're you not involved at all. at all. That's a wrap on this movie, though. That's the film. Here's the thing. I'm so glad we started here. It's only downhill from here, I'm sure, because there's issues with it, of course, almost exclusively because it's 1994. You know what I mean? Like, it is so cute. It's so enjoyable. It's so fun. I watched it with my boyfriend. We both laughed. We both remembered things we didn't think we were going to. Yeah. So, I really was rooting for Kirstie Alley. I honestly, we talked a lot of shit on him, but it's like I thought Gutenberg was cute. Like, I was, I was pleasantly surprised. I was like, "What is this going to be?" And then I yeah, was like, "This is a too. real movie that I actually enjoyed." <laughs> I was pleasantly surprised. I'm going to kick it off with the surrealness meter. I think we're going to rate it one to ten, and I'm going to have to give it like a three, mostly graded on a curve because I know it's coming. Mostly. Mm-hmm. Majorly because of how scary and goofy the adoptee, the butt kisses who who abduct her and she goes to the, that's where it really starts. It's already a little ridiculous that these orphans are at this like bougie camp and stuff, but that's and that hardly they're surreal. Secret, like, they're like randomly identical. Yeah. Oh yeah. I guess that's a pretty surreal <laughs> element. But it's like I do feel like that. It's a a lot of it is like typical rom-com stuff that you can forgive yeah where you're like this is just the story the way it goes where you're not like how did this get made (laughs) like that's what I'm anticipating coming down the pipeline but I do think there was a little of that surrealness for me watching the butt kisses the most batshit moments were the butt kisses yes it was batshit that those (laughs) orphans lived such a happy life but it was hardly surreal it was like I'm happy to exist in this escapism (laughs) it's fine with me um, and on a scale of one to 10, I'm going to give it like a fully solid eight nineties family style rom-com. Like that's, those are my two. In terms of like real world grading of a Watchability. Movie. Watchability. Of like, this yeah. is a cute ass movie that I would sit down and laugh to I would, and like honestly, not I ironically. I agree. I would give it an eight. Um, I genuinely thought it was fun. Parts of me, I wanted to like call my mom and be like, do you remember this movie? Like, do you remember Kirstie Alley? Like I was getting such... Did you take your style from cues her. from her? Yeah, I know, yeah. literally. Like, um, I yeah, I thought it was cute. I was like so pleasantly surprised. And in terms of surrealness, I do feel like you got to grade it on a curve. I agree with that. Um, I do think that the there were some like hammy moments, and definitely, and none of this is a criticism, but I do think that there were some hammy moments, and there was definitely like the butt kisses were or what I think we can expect more of from the oncoming Mary-Kate and Ashley movies, more sort of like complete caricatures. Um, So you said three, and I feel like I would go even more than that just because I feel like I'm going to be... 
I think I'm going to go with like a five just because I think all of these movies are going to be in the five to 10 range in terms of surrealness. Like I think none of these are going to take place on, on the planet we call earth. Um, but so I think that's where I'm going to be like more around a five, not like, not that that's a criticism at all. I genuinely enjoyed this movie and I was, I think compared to the rest of them, this is the most realistic (laughs) fucking, (laughs) this is Dunkirk dude compared to the rest of them for real. I'm, I'm like geared up on that note. Um, you're going to have to see for yourself. And so will we. Honestly, uh, we I recommend have... though. If, if you take away anything from yeah. this, I would say recommend, recommend and I would rewatch it, rewatch and take style cues. TBH. There were a lot of cute outfits. We can touch on that like more in future. In I future think things, that a lot of things good in this movie. Well, yeah, I got 95. Like, thank you for that. Thank you. Kirstie think hair, that, like, I'm taking notes. <laughs> one of the major things that we are prepared for in rewatching these, and one of the things I think that made us want to do it, I touched on, is, like, this This is the things we were watching. This is, like, the, the cues we were taking about, like, the life and the world, you know, when we were young. And I, I'm always prepared going into these or I expect to be prepared going into these for some badness, some real wrong takes, some real, you know, early to OOs takes. Mm -hmm. And this is kind of a safe space. I would say there's some there's some bad gender role shit just because it's 95. But I would say this is a safe space. It's kind of harmless at the end of the day. I mean... This movie, the movie in general, you mean? Yeah, it's a friend to the rich, this movie, but it's... It is like a weird equalizer, and it's like... It is. What? It has a strange... It's a strange, quieting... Shh. Don't look. Yeah, very but much so, yeah. On that note, we've got a fucking a banger coming up next. <laughs> a classic. We've got, I think, what I would say is probably what people think of the most. This and Passport to Paris... Um, but we got Billboard Dad coming up next. I can't Chronological wait for order. Dad. I, I can't wait either. Feel some like serious sunglasses looks coming my oh, way. Oh, we're ready. Bring, I'm bring so them. Bring ready them. For. Put them on. All right, that's the next one. Uh, we'll see you then. See you Bye. Then. Thanks for listening. This episode of Second Showing is produced, recorded, and mixed by Connor Riley and Jordan Riley. Art by Connor Riley and music by Lee Rosaberry. It Takes Two is property of Dual Star Entertainment Group. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at at girlconnor, spelled G-I-R-L-C-O-N-R. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Jordan the Lady. You can find both of us on Instagram, Twitter, and especially TikTok at Second Showing Pod, spelled with the number two. Be sure to follow so you can be updated about new episodes. You can find all episodes of Second Showing wherever you find your podcasts. Thanks for listening. <laughs>